chapter 1, verses 11 to 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And the second reading is from Luke chapter 23, verses 33 to 43. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, and they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of Jews, save yourself. And there was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanging there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Joe. Very good morning. It's fantastic to see you here today. Let's pray together. Jesus, we have prayed and sung and heard that you are king of all. Help us this moment now to see that reality more clearly than we ever have before. Be with us and help us in this, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Today is Christ the King Sunday. It's actually in the church calendar, the last Sunday of the year. In many ways, this is our New Year's Eve party. Christ the King. If you Google today who is king of the universe, as I did this week, the first thing that comes up, Muhammad Ali. I had no idea 
that his book, autobiography, is called The King of the Universe. Muhammad Ali never suffered from self-confidence. Who is king of the universe? We might have different answers that we'd think to offer. We might think the great and the good, the politicians, the powerhouses of our world, Vladimir Putin. We might think about the great multinational corporations that loom over all of our lives, seen and unseen. People like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk. Who is king of our world? Well, the church's answer to finish our year together is a simple one, an obvious one. Christ the King. When this festival was first originated in the church, it was only a few years ago. Only 97 years ago. Not long ago for a church that's been going for 2,000 years. And Pope Pius XI, the Pope at the time, in 1925, decided to begin a new festival, Christ the King. The full title, The Solemnity of Christ, King of the Universe. And if we would travel back in time this morning and talk to Pope Pius XI about why create this festival now, why introduce it to the church calendar? And here we are, 97 years on, in the Church of England, celebrating Christ the King. He would tell us this. Just a few years on from the First World War, with the rise of communism in the East, fascism in the right, all over Western Europe, the beginnings, murmurings of Mussolini and what would become Hitler's Nazi Germany, Pope Pius XI dared to say and call the whole church to believe and celebrate that Christ is King. And he actually said, which is interesting for Pope, he said, we could talk about this and we could give sermons on this, but in the end we need a feast. We need a celebration. So it's a happy coincidence that today with our humble pat lunches, we will actually do what the Pope said 97 years ago said to do celebrate Christ the King. And of course we celebrate later the feast of the King himself in bread and wine. But why and how is Christ the King? We did a survey of the people of Ecclesall this morning. How many would tell you that Christ is the King? Not many. How many in Colossians, this letter, Colossae, a little place in Asia Minor, that the Apostle Paul writes the letter, how many people there would have said, Christ is king? Everyone knew in the Roman Empire who was king. It wasn't Jesus Christ, the one born in the manger, the one crucified as a criminal. It was Caesar. But there in the first century, the beginnings of a movement, the beginnings of a belief that would transform the world into what we have today. Christ the King. So come with me to Colossians, page 197, and we're going to see this great song. It's an ancient hymn, a piece of poetry. Scholars don't know, was it written by Paul? Or did he borrow it and use it and adapt it for this purpose? Page 197, people have described these words about Christ here as the Himalayas of the Bible. The highest peak in terms of speaking about Christ and who he is. 
Did you notice in those verses how many times the word all, everything came up? Have a, have a look down with me. Verse 16, in him all things in heaven and on earth were created. Verse 16 again, all things have been created through him. Verse 17, he is before all things. In him all things hold together. Verse 18, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the first place. Verse 19, in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell. Verse 20, through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. Do you hear it again and again and again about this Christ, Christ the King? All, 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 everything, everything, everything. Christ is King over everything. And there's all sorts of ways we could have thought about the passage. I want to think about two this morning. Firstly, Christ is king of everything because he's made everything. Secondly, Christ is king over everything because he's reconciled everything. So have a listen again, verse 16. Have a listen. In him, that is Christ, all things in heaven and on earth were created. Things visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. Do you see what this verse is saying? Do you see what's included in this verse? Do you see that you are in this verse? All things were created by him and through him. We've got a professor of chemistry here in our church congregation, John Foster. This doesn't tell us how Christ made everything. We'll have different opinions about how that happened, I'm sure, as a church. But it does say absolutely clearly that the source and author of all life, all that exists, everything in this universe, everything that we see, everything that we touch, everything that we enjoy, from the Milky Way and the stars out in the furthest galaxies, to the tiniest speck of dust, to the Peak District on a sunny Sunday morning, to your own family and your own self, by him and for him, everything was made. Why is Christ the King? Why does the church celebrate this? Because they believe that Christ made everything. Now you don't need me to tell you that is a radical belief. The man who was a carpenter's son in Bethlehem. The man who had a small following and then had a disgraced death. He, the one through whom all things have been made. Yes, says Apostle Paul. Yes, say the church in Colossians. Yes, says Pope Pius XI. Yes, says the church throughout all history. Now, I need a volunteer now to go behind the screen and tell me what's on the stainless glass window. Anyone brave enough to be a volunteer and just peek behind the white screen here to tell us what does the stainless glass window display to us? Anyone want to go and have a look? Anyone need a stretch of the legs? One volunteer. We only need one. We got one eventually for Mark's ask earlier. I just need one. Anyone want to do that for us? Oh, Beth, thank you. We're just trying to find out because 
There is a screen behind my head, and that hides the reality of what is behind the screen. And what I'm asking, Bev, is just, what is the main stained glass window? What is the main depiction? Who is there right in the center at the top? Bev says Jesus. It's the Sunday school answer. And it is the correct answer. Thank you very much, Bev. That's all it was. It was as easy as that. She does deserve a round of applause. Let's give her a clap. Thank you, Bev. Now, at 9.15, the screen was up. And I did say to the 9.15 folk, the poor people at 11 don't get to see ultimate reality. What is ultimate reality behind this screen? Go and have a look at it later. That Jesus Christ is king. He is there, seated, displayed. That is ultimate reality. And yet today, it is hidden from our sight. But just like the stainless glass window displaying Christ's reign and his glory, it is no less real because it cannot be seen. And think about this for a moment. We, we live in a society at the moment that says, in order to be our true selves, we need to be king, queen of our own lives. Autonomy. Individualism self-expression. That's how we find out who we are. Now think about this verse. By him and for him are all things. Where do we find what it means to be truly human? Where do we find what it means to be truly alive? Where do we discover the purpose and live out the potential of our lives? Only by realizing who we were made for. Whom we were made by. A vicar I had the privilege of working with for a year said that there are two most important days in your life. I wonder what you'd say. The two most important days in your life. Number one, the day you were born. Number two, the day you realized why. Verse 16, have a look one last time. All things have been created through him and for him. That's why you exist. For him. And I wasn't sure whether to talk about this, but I'll give it a go. I'm not at the stage of a midlife crisis yet, or retirement. Both of them may well come sometime soon. But I wonder with both, sometimes one of the challenges amidst very complicated changes in life is that Christians don't realize who they're made for. You are made for Jesus Christ. You are made to know him, to love him, to become like him to display his kingdom in your life, your work, your words. That's why you exist. And that might be a help if midlife crisis is looming, as it perhaps one day will be for me, or the challenges of retirement and what that means is a challenge for you. So firstly, Christ is king because he is the creator of everything. Secondly, more briefly, Christ is king because he's reconciled everything. Have you noticed the shape of this church? We have Christ the King behind us, behind a screen, and then we have the shape of the church in the shape of a cross. Have a listen, have a look down. Verse 19. In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. These are some of the most astounding words about Christ we ever find. All 
the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in the babe at Bethlehem. 19 and 20, these verses summarize both Christmas and Easter. And you see what the king of everything has done. His blood, his death, has reconciled to himself what? Everything. So journey to the gospel reading by the account of Luke, the evangelist, and see what he says. That the one who made everything, the one by whom all things are made, the one for whom everything has been made, the author of life, dies. A criminal's death. The king of all kings suffers, bleeds, and dies. We are living for the first time in decades with a king. Whether we like it or not, King Charles III is our king. And you might remember a few months ago, during the time of mourning, there was a sign by a protester, not my king. He was protesting the new king, Charles III, not my king. And that man was taken off to the side, given a dressing down, taken to the police station, and told that is not the way to live in our democracy. Not allowed to say that. Now, we all naturally have lived saying, not my king. We have been created. I have been created by Christ and for Christ. And like the thief on the cross, I'm a robber. I don't give to Christ what is his. I take what is his, my own life, and I think I'm better as the king of my life. And for me, it took a lot of years to begin to think and realize that actually life is much better when I take the crown off my own head and bow before Jesus Christ. And if you're a Christian here that today, you know that experience for yourself, that life is better when King Jesus is in charge. And when we doubt that, and when we struggle, or when perhaps we're here today, and we, we wouldn't necessarily say we know King Jesus, then see what the King does for you. Many, understandably, in our society and in the church are wary of power and authority. The abuse of power. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, see the king of all. See what the king of all creation does for you and for me. Before we ever do anything for him, he has done everything for us. And see those round the cross of Christ, his throne of love. We have his mother, we have a few of his followers, the ladies who were brave enough to stay, the men at Scarford. And then we have the thief. Remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And for each of us, Christ welcomes us into his kingdom. The king of all 
The creator of all is the reconciler of all. And so may we celebrate at the end of this church year the ultimate reality, hidden from our sight, but no less true, that Christ is the King. And may we celebrate in food and in wine and in packed lunches together. Amen.